Good morning, church. I'm so glad to be here. Last week was so good with the play. Right? Oh. And I, I love because I'm, I don't read the story of Jesus' birth every day, so I, I love to be reminded. And I love the part where the shepherds were like, we've been waiting 400 years. And I just remember, wow, that's right. They were waiting a long time. And we have the Holy Spirit, and I get Jesus every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like of what God's doing, right? I don't really have to. I know, I know what he's doing, right? Amen. So in Luke, I'm going to be read from Luke 2.10. So this is where the angels have come to the shepherds and kind of letting them know what's going on, right? To get excited. So we've got Luke 2.10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Uh, when I was reading that, the, the things that highlighted to me were uh, great joy. And you know what? What you know for us, we know that that goes beyond being happy, right? And so, uh, what I I was like, okay, well, Lord, how do I have an awareness of that, right? And I I was reminded of it's awareness of the life that I have within me, right? And it's from that place, remembering what Jesus did, remembering that this beginning, you know, was like, oh, this is this awesome plan that God has, and it's just beginning, right? Which, you know, I imagine that's how God was when, you know, Jesus is born and he's like, so begins our plan, right? Which is so awesome. So praise the Lord. Well, today, before we go further, <laughs> this is my wee little phone, okay? Uh, but I turned the ringer off. And even if you checked it already, this would be a good time to check again. <laughs> so awesome well church this morning we get to hear from our awesome worship pastor jamie schwartz i two weeks ago we were discussing um a word expectancy and I have a second word for you, and these are two words that the worship team has been discussing for quite some time, and the second one is intention. And as I was pondering this word last night, uh, this scripture came to me, and it's 2 Samuel uh, 24, 24. But the king said to Arana, no, but I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. And this story is that David had done a census and he wasn't supposed to and so there were consequences to that and so the Lord had told him listen you're gonna you're buy this property from so and so and I want you to go over there and build an altar and sacrifice and he went to go do that and the man said no no just take it I'll give it to you I'll even give you the oxen for sacrifice and David says no I will not take and offer to the Lord something that cost me nothing and this was reminding me of intention because David had an intention he says no I will offer the Lord something of worth. And 
I saw David offering something of worth definitely at that moment. And that led me to Romans 12, 1, which says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Offering our bodies as a living sacrifice is an intentional thing, something I have to choose to do. I don't always feel like worshiping. I don't know if you guys ever feel like that, but just because I have this job, I still feel like that. I don't always feel like worshiping. Sometimes it seems like a chore, maybe something I just have to do. I've got to do. It's got to get done. So I have to choose to worship him in those moments and to not bring him something that costs me nothing. It may look like me surrendering my plans. And my plans are just like what I've set in my mind to do. And if you think about it in the morning, you decided how you were going to act. You decided the outcome of your day, or at least the first hour. (laughs) Because maybe, you know, the Lord gets a hold of you and kind of does a reset for you. But sometimes my plans could look like aloof, which would be distancing myself from the Lord. I don't feel like doing that to the Lord. I don't feel like worshiping to the Lord. Or maybe it looks like unsubmitting myself to the Lord or I'm distracted. So what is your intention this morning? Father, I choose this morning to worship you. I choose this morning to keep my my mind set upon you. And to give you my attention, Lord. To lift your name high and worship you. And we worship you with expectancy, Lord. We do glorify you. We do worship you, Jesus. So glad for God's intention to send his son. I'm glad he intended. I'm glad he chose to make a way where there was no way and so father this morning we do give you glory and honor that you chose purposefully to come to this earth to live among us to experience everything that we experience all the good all the bad and yet walk in love the whole time and then to lay down your life the ultimate act of love to lay down your life for your friends thank you Lord and for that Lord we do give you the glory in Jesus name hallelujah praise your holy name praise your holy name thank you Lord thank you Lord amen hallelujah well it's good to see everybody it's good to see all the returning students back from college glad you know glad you made it through the first semester take a break get back at it it's good for those to see those that have come from a long way off probably got the t-shirt today man came all the way from Alaska it's good to have Will back nope I'm sorry Will doesn't get the t-shirt where's Ashley there's Ashley Awesome to see you. Ashley came all the way from Hungary, from Budapest, Hungary. So it's good to see family, amen? That's what Christmas is all about, seeing friends and family and being able to worship together and be together. And and I'm so excited. I get to be with my whole family this year. 
I'll explore and I'll explain more of that later. No. Now we, Debbie and I and Tally fly out for California this afternoon, this evening, and go get to go see grandbaby number one. Hallelujah. I tried to call dibs on the first 24 hours uh, last night, but I was overridden. Rightfully so. Amen. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. For those of you who have been here for decades and forever, and you know I've, I've said this too many times, I'm not necessarily a Christmas guy, but it's starting to warm up on me. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little more. And a lot of, lot of years I don't even do a, a Christmas sermon, but this year you get one, because I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning with verse 6, says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, and we just sang it, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, And of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we get the government part, you know, and we we're really glad for the, the peace part. I'm a little bass ringy, guys, if you could pull down the bass a tad. We get the, the government part, but do you know that he has given us peace with no end? Ever-increasing peace. How many of you, be honest with me, this Christmas season, this December 2021, going into 2022, have, have, you are feeling increasing peace with no end? God bless you. For those of you who have found that. Because just to be honest with you, I, I thought I was doing great. And this week, all it took was for one little button push to realize that peace is just out of my grasp. And that's not the way it should be. He sent His Son. God, God intentionally sent Jesus. I love what Jamie shared this morning. Intention. I mean, our response is intention. But He first loved us. He first loved us. And He first had intention long before you were ever created, or before you were born. He knew you from the foundations of the earth, but even before you were born, He intended for you to know peace, to know life, to know love, to know Him. And He chose way back then. I love what the Word says. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait until we got it all sorted out. He didn't wait until the world figured it out. He didn't, work, he didn't, he didn't you know, I mean, I, 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 praise God I'm not God. And you should praise God that I'm not God. Because I still have that opportunity, that, that motive in my heart to wait until somebody really deserves it. 
really has finally, you know, I mean, until they re- at least until they want it. You know, the world didn't even go want God. And yet he did it anyway. He intended for us to be a part of his life, to be a part of his family, and to love us. Go to John 3.16. It's just a, another, for instance, of this intention. He intended, he foreknew, he, he saw way ahead of time. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. God's intention, his his purpose, his plan, his intention was never for man to experience hell. Not even for a moment. His intention was for man to be restored back to him. It took 4,000 years of, of methodically planning and purposing and moving people and moving situations to bring about the perfect time when Jesus could be born on the earth. And when he did, it was in the fullness of time. It was perfect. Right when, right when everything that he did would make sense in eternity. He, he was intentional. He was purposeful. He's, he was patient. He, he was patient. You know, so far you're thinking, wait a second, this is a salvation sermon. Why, why are we doing this at Christmas? Because he was patient. Yeah, thank God. Thank God he was patient with the world, with man. Man, it's so easy to become impatient. This week, I became impatient. I did last week too, but I'm only talking about this week. (laughs) You know, Christmas time is supposed to be a time full of joy and excitement, and, and it is, except when you get all, you know, when, you know, it's great to see everybody and get everybody together, but isn't it amazing how when you get everybody together, there's tension? <laughs> because there's a schedule, and there's traditions that if you screw up the tradition, you got, you got to wait a whole year to do it again Right? If the tree isn't set up on a certain day in just a certain way in such an angle and catches the light just right so that when you walk out in the morning, it's... <gasps> and the gifts are stacked a certain way or they get you know moved. You know, oh, any husband here in trouble yet for putting one gift on top of another and squishing a bow? <laughs> I have not talked about anything with my family yet. Nothing. <laughs> you're already, you're projecting. You're projecting. But it's just this, isn't it, isn't it crazy how we come into this intentional, amazing, powerful time 
You know, praise that. Wasn't that kid's uh, Christmas program last week phenomenal? Phenomenal. I'd give all the credit to Shiloh, but Pastor Karen raised him up to be that. So give Pastor Karen a huge, huge. uh, But it's just, it really puts things in perspective, doesn't it? I mean, praise God we didn't have 400 years of silence. It's bad enough if he does if we don't hear his voice today. That doesn't I don't like that. Rightfully so. Man, they were waiting, but he intent it was like the perfect time. You know, we all want Christmas to be perfect. And and if you're like me, I'm only telling on me today. If you're like me, you want you want you want you just have these expectations, and if they don't work exactly you can get all worked up. Or if you have to go to the family event. You know, I mean, not, not the family event you want to go to. It's the family event you have to go to. And you got to see Uncle So-and-so who tells you the same story every year. <laughs> And he's still annoying as heck. See, I could, I possibly, I'm not, but I could possibly be Uncle So and So. You could be Uncle So and So, or Auntie So and So. Yeah, there we get to go, we get to go see Auntie So and So this year. Here we go. Or you're one of the kids that makes all the noise when everybody's trying to talk. Well, you know, just you're, you're, I'm, I'm painting a picture, aren't I? Life cannot, life doesn't always fit. But what do we do about it? That's the important part. What do we do about it? It's all wrapped up right there in John three sixteen. For God so loved. As we go into this next week, and really into the next two weeks, and into the next month, and the next year, just want to give you a very simple thought to think. For God so loved. It is about love. You want to make you, do you want to make this Christmas season the best ever? Then you choose to love. Amen. He chose to love. He intentionally chose to love us. And it was an example, you know, how come we can love him because he first loved us. We wouldn't even know how to love. We wouldn't even, I wouldn't, why? Because I've been walking this walk for decades, you know, 30 years plus, and I still come to a week where I, where I choose in my head not to love. What do you mean? I'm not telling you. <laughs> but I took an attitude this week, not towards my wife, because that would be dangerous. <laughs> To someone else. To someone else. I took an attitude and I vented, which for a few hours there kind of ruined my family's Christmas because I was mad and I was right. And I was, had a, I, I kept describing it as righteous anger, don't you? You know, when you're the one that's, it's a righteous anger, I'm right and they're wrong. Rah, rah, rah. No, love is love. But love's not fair. Love's not easy. 
Love is just needs to be love. I was in the middle of this whining, stomping, ranting, raving, and the Lord brought me to this passage. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. So I purposefully hit three different places in the Scripture. One is the place in the Old Testament where God intentionally chose to love us and send us His Son. And then in in John where Jesus told the Pharisee, told Nicodemus, God intentionally chose to love and sent His Son. And then I want to take us to Matthew chapter 24. And if you know anything about Matthew 24, it's talking about the end. Because you notice, here's the interesting thing. I'll give you the punchline up front. It was love back then, and it's about love now. And how important love is. Now I'm going to read some verses that have nothing to do with Christmas. And you're going to think, great, we were doing so well there for a while. But you're going to see where I'm getting to in just a moment. Matthew 24, beginning with verse 3. As he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things will be and what will be the, sign of the age, or the, be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. So right before this, Jesus had been in the temple and they were talking about the temple. How great the temple is. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this beautiful? And he says, oh, this temple, it's only, it's, there's not going to be a stone left on top of each other in a short time. And they got, you know, the, the, the Jews were ticked at him and they all left and then they're going, okay, well, when's this going to happen? That's where this is happening. Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age. Verse 4, And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. Wow. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will, lead, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then we get to verse 10. And then many will fall away. And betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And then verse 12. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. Now I, I read the ESV but I remember, I, I've actually looked at this verse over the years in many different places. The NS, NASB and I believe the NIV say the love of most will grow cold. The love of most. And he's not talking about the world. He's not talking about unbelievers. He's directly talking about believers. Why? Because the, the world doesn't know how to love. They never did love. You don't, I mean, you can talk about love before you're saved, but it's not really love. It's conditional, it's human, it's, 
It's only when we understand the love of God where we really... And he's saying here, the love of most or the love of many will grow cold. So I'm in the middle of my rant this week. I'm in the middle of my upsetness and I go into the bathroom and I'm getting ready to brush my teeth. And it's amazing how hard you can brush your teeth when you're upset. <laughs> really working them gums. And all of a sudden that verse started going through my, through my heart, through my spirit, and the love of many will grow cold. instantly convicted but 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 you don't understand they said this and they do this and they did that and rah 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 oh just it's none of you just so you know it's none of you you're okay in case anyone was feeling guilty no it's not you the love of many will grow cold I'm like oh shoot because, I'll just be honest with you, I was standing there feeling my love growing cold. I love my wife, I love my daughter, I love my son, I love my daughter-in-law, I love my baby granddaughter. <laughs> but I was choosing to not walk in love towards some people. And it was ruining my day wasn't ruining theirs because I never, never said a word to them. But it was ruining my day and it was definitely ruining my wife's day. I don't care about my daughter, but I mean, I just, you know. <laughs> definitely ruining her day. And it was because I was intentionally choosing to not love. Oh, I'd love to be able to paint that picture a different way, but it's not true. By what I was doing, I was intentionally choosing, because I know the difference. I know the difference. And you, and you, you read those verses, you know, years ago, I, read, I would read those, and it's like, how? How could, how could so many stop loving? Well, part of it really isn't your fault. Part of it is the world is becoming more and more lawless. The world is waxing cold. The, wor the world is filling with evil more and more. And it's, it's becoming blatant and they're not even trying to hide it anymore. Lawlessness. In the end, lawlessness will increase. And the love of many will grow cold. So what keeps us, what keeps us from growing cold. It's intentionally choosing to love. You know, Jamie, this morning I said, Jamie, I said, you ready to, you got to teach? She goes, I was going to bail on you. I'm going to tell on her. I was going to bail on you and make you do it. And the Holy Spirit said, really? Well, <laughs> praise God she did what she did because, man, that just, when she said that this morning, it just sparked. It was like, there it is. That's what God's trying to say. It's, we have to intentionally choose to be like our Father. 
We have to intentionally choose. We have to so love the world. We have to so love the enemy. We have to so love the, 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 the thing that's against us, whoever that may be, that we live like him and we live like what he did back in that very first Christmas. He loved so much. He gave his most precious gift, Jesus. I mean, I can't even imagine the thought of giving one of my children for the life of someone else, intentionally choosing, knowing that that child was going to go into the world to die. And now, I get it now, grandparents, the idea of sending a child intentionally into hostile territory to die for them. We really don't have an excuse. I don't have an excuse to choose not to love. Last set of verses, and we'll have a Christmas miracle. 1 John 4. 1 John chapter 4, begin with verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. Here we are again. This is that same story being told over and over and over. The love, the way God showed his love for us was he made it manifest. It, he made it in the flesh. He made, so it isn't just about having our heart right and choosing to not to ourselves, but it's actually intentionally choosing to love someone else who's being unlovable. When we do that, we're being like our Father. And we're walking in love. But that's hard. I'll, just, I'll be the first one to admit it. It's hard. It's hard because I don't like my feelings getting hurt. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like stress. I don't like pressure. I don't like manipulation. I don't like all the, all the reasons I give for not walking in love. Because it's righteous. <laughs> you know what's not righteous? Anytime you choose not to love. It's not righteous, even if they deserve it. Because we didn't deserve salvation. We didn't deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve for him to do what he did. But he did it anyway. And people need to see that. Because this world is getting darker and darker and darker. And it's time, like that verse says, that as the world gets darker, the light will shine brighter and brighter. And brighter. That's why we're here, folks. That's why we're in this. In this, verse 9, in this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. We can't do it in ourselves, only if we allow him to live through us. In this is love, not that we have loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment, the, the exchange for our sins. He took our sins and gave us love, gave us life. 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and and his love is perfected in us. The more we choose to love, the more we make that choice to, to, to die to ourselves and to love one another, to love others, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter where they come from, no matter how they've hurt you in the past, no matter how many times they've hurt you in the past, by choosing to walk in love, you want to really get them? Do you want to get them? Let's just, just really get them this year. Whoever it is, just right now take, take a moment and, and think about that person. You want to really get them this year? Love them. Love them anyway. Love them again, and love them again, and love them anyway, because it'll just torque them. I don't know how I turned it to that already. I see. Well, I'll have to think about that one for a little bit. Love them. Just love them. Verse 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has, not, who he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. You know, I, I was... I was, and many times I've, I've justified myself by saying, I love you, God. I love you, but I, uh, or, uh, or, uh, uh. and that just takes the rug right out from under us, doesn't it? Because if you can't love, uh, you don't love him. Because I really want to love him of what he's done for me i do love him because of what he's done and who am i who am i to try to hold back his love from the rest of this world even if it's a small small way so this year this christmas season this next year 2022 choose to love and here's a practical thing I know, I know what causes me to start waxing cold. And part of it is dwelling on what the, what's happening in the world. When I dwell on what's happening in the world, I mean, I'm not saying don't be informed. I'm not saying don't understand because you've got to understand the times. But don't dwell on that. Because when I dwell on that, I start waxing cold. I can feel it. Yesterday, yesterday we're driving in the car, and Debbie went in to get something at a store, and I sat in the car, which is the husband's right. <laughs> I, have, I have scripture on that, by the way. 
Remember when Jesus was at the well, the, the disciples had all gone to get food and he hung out at the well. <laughs> He's like, I'll stay out here, guys. You guys go. You know, have fun. <laughs> but I, 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 got, you know, I got a few minutes, so what do I do? I quick, you know, go through my one day, my one, one time a day where I actually look at the news. I was so mad by the time. <laughs> and there you go. I need to know what's going on, but don't dwell on it. Don't think of all the ways to make the world pay for being the world. Choose to walk in love. Choose to forgive. Choose to forgive. Choose to for- Turn to somebody and say, choose to forgive. Uh, act like you have a mirror. Hold that mirror and say, choose to forgive. <laughs> Here's the Christmas miracle. I'm done. So, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a Christmas miracle or I just want to go west or I don't know where I want to. Let's get, the, let's get this show on the road here. But I did tell everybody I was going to do the announcements real quick and that way uh, the offering person can just do the offering. A couple of really quick, really quick Christmas Eve service this Thursday, no, this Friday, December 24th. We decided to do it on the 24th this year at 4.30. Christmas Eve service at 4.30. I will be a part of the Christmas Eve service. So just, you know, if you want to know how, make sure you come. Come early, but be there. I will be there-ish. And on Christmas Eve, every year, just wanted to give you a heads up. I want you to be intentional. Every year, we do a benevolence offering. We receive an offering during the Christmas Eve service. That offering, every bit of it, goes to someone in need within our own congregation. Um, some, you know, every year we always give lots of money to different outreaches and ministries and things that go on to the, uh, to the life care center, what used to be called the life cares choices now with choices for options for women. We've always given to that, the uh, food shelf. We all, we've, we give monthly to the food shelf with, I mean, we, and the, and the emergency fund, people who are coming through transients or people that can't pay their bills. We, we give, we give, we give, we give. To the, to the out. But what this offering does is it helps us because there's always many times an opportunity to help within. <coughs> Excuse me. Chokes me up. No, I actually... <coughs> so this gives us the opportunity to give within. And that money sits in a, in a fund and if somebody needs help throughout the year, that's what that goes to. Just wanted to give you a heads up on that. Second announcement is the week devoted to God, January 2nd through the 8th. And that is a a week-long time where we literally say, okay, God, this is about you this week. We don't come with a lot of agenda. We don't come with a lot of, you know, requests or, you know, we just come. So on on each night from Sunday to Friday, every night from 7 to 8.30, we come here, we worship, somebody maybe will speak, who knows. This year, what's on our heart is is Holy Spirit meetings, Holy Ghost meetings. And uh, we were setting it up so that just basically we're going to go with the Holy Ghost every evening and allow him to lead somebody might preach somebody might not who knows Um, but that is each night through the week during the day from 10 a.m until noon we get together and pray we'll be back in w1 and so uh, you can anyone is welcome everyone is welcome please come and pray with us uh, for for, you know if you want to can be here for 15 minutes come and do it so from 10 until noon if you can't be here you can always pray in your office or in your home or wherever you're at but that's when we're specifically 
specifically choosing to pray and, and doing that. And then on Saturday, we call it RVFM Day, River Valley Fellowship of Ministries Day. And it's the, all the different churches for sure come in and we have different people that will speak. We have a lunch together. Uh, we'll, and it's no cost. There's no cost. We just come. We have a huge meal together, fellowship, and we just be the body of Christ together. Amen? So that's going on from the 2nd till the 8th. Mark, where is Mark? Come on up and receive the offering. Good morning. Good morning. I want to thank you for the opportunity to do this. Thanks, Brian. To do this because it's not easy, it's a stretching, and I need that. So today I want to look at two verses that talk about the condition of the heart. And it should be on the screen uh, Matthew 6. 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, it says, or Jesus says, now that when you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly, and the one who sows generously will reap generously. And each one must do as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So the real question here is, what is our mind and heart fixed on? Are we fixed on the kingdom of his son, or are we fixed on our kingdom? And it's an everyday question. I struggle with that all the time. So... Keep that in mind, and uh, the way that you can give, I believe, is on the screen also. So with that, uh, John? Oh, pray, yes, thank you. Father, Father, I thank you for all you've given us. You've given seed to us that we can sow. I said you give us a heart to use that seed, because everything you've made has seed, and you gave us with seed. Let us be sowers into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.